0: to another Disney at Play podcast. This is your host, Jeff Kober, and we're glad that you took the time to listen to us today. We started a new series uh, during this uh, period of of pandemic where the entire world is, is at home, and we thought we would take each week to celebrate a theme park resort that we absolutely love. Last week, we talked about why we love Shanghai Disney, Today, we're going to talk about why we love the Hong Kong Disneyland Resort. And with me today, we have our uh, my colleague and uh, friend, David Zanola, joining us. Uh, be sure, as you listen to our podcast, to check out our uh, notes page, which contains dozens of photos of the Hong Kong Disneyland Resort, so you have a better sense of the kinds of things that we're talking about as we go through. We'll also have links to some additional articles and podcasts as well as videos from our YouTube channel of the Hong Kong Disneyland Resort and of several attractions there so without further ado let's get started so let me bring aboard David Zanola. good to have you back my friend how are you doing today I am good how are you I'm, well you know all <laughs> the craziness of yeah. what it's like and um, and I think that's why we're doing these podcasts is the kind of escape. I mean, some of the podcasts I've been doing have been very heavy into the subject of the virus and all all the things that are, that are happening as a result of the park shutting down and to the company as a whole. I just really enjoy these podcasts with you, David, because it's a chance to really just escape and enjoy what we love most, which are the Disney theme parks around the world. And today we are talking about Hong Kong. And, um... Before we get to the resort itself, going to Hong Kong is like a bucket list on so many people's. That um, uh, it's on so many people's bucket list. Um, what do you enjoy most about Hong Kong?
1: Uh, I just like how it, Hong Kong is one of those, and it's a it's a phrase that you know might be overused. But I think that Hong Kong is larger than life, and it's because... Well, for example, one of the places that I love to go when we're there is Victoria Peak. So we take that um, mountainside cable rail car uh, Mm -hmm. going up, and the view that you get from up there, and it's typically extremely busy, and there's a very long wait um, to get up there and even a longer wait to get down, depending on when you're there. But if you can get up there right around dusk and then see everything Mm. lit up at night from there, it is just it is stunning. a stunning stunning view um and we also like to go on the public transportation ferry that goes across the harbor because if you see um the old time sailing ship there that kind of does tourist junk. type mm-hmm. sails, yeah the junk um then you can see it's kind of cool to see this um uh this this comparison of old world and new world and it's just there's so much to do there and there's so many neat little shops to stop and get and get food um, just some really unique cuisine. Even if you're not an adventurous eater, you can still eat, you can still find something. So one of the things we love uh, is they have these, um, how do I describe it? It's almost like a waffle. But basically they started making them in, by pouring the, the batter in egg crates. And so it looks like a like a honeycomb, but then they have it with stuff on top of it, and I think you can also get them with some stuff inside of it. And it's just a really neat snack to grab from a from a street side cart. Something unique that we don't really have um, around here. So uh, just a just a, a, a neat city to tour. Uh, a lot of walking. Really um, hot if you're there at the wrong time. But it's just a, a lot everything. of walking
0: that sometimes goes uphill as well as yes. Um, yes. across the way. But but you know, California sits on the ocean. Florida sits, you know, in, as a peninsula on the ocean. Hong Kong is the ocean. Right. <laughs> it, it is a, from the moment you land to, to throughout your time, you are very much embracing the water. It is, it just, everything about Hong Kong hugs the ocean, hugs the water. And if you really like that feeling like you are on the edge of, of civilization and, and the edge of adventure, I just feel that with with where you're at at um, in Hong Kong, um, Hong there Hong Kong really comprises kind of several different islands, and Hong Kong Disneyland is not really part. You have to kind of go on and beyond on the train or on some other mode of transportation right. to actually experience um, the kind of Hong Kong and the and the vistas that we talked about that David just mentioned. Um, but if you're going to Hong Kong Disney Resort, the cool thing about that is sitting on Lentau Island, it shares the same island as the International Airport and a very amazing, uh, huge uh, international airport. Um, it's it's easy to get uh, flights uh, in and out of there, lots of options and choices. and um, And I've actually stayed, and it's only about 15 minutes away from... Uh, from the Disney Resort 1520 by taxi. There is also a train that takes from the airport to Hong Kong, and then there's a stopping point where you take a spur, which has a uniquely designed Disney train, interior-wise, into the property itself. I think when you have luggage, it's just easier to take those taxis because they're just always available. Yeah. Um, And I have stayed at the Marriott, um, i have stayed at way too many Marriott's, but I've stayed at the Marriott and um, at the airport. And that's kind of, if you want to do that and you've got Marriott points and you want to come to and from the hotel or the resort that way you can, but my preference is to stay at, uh, at the resort, at one of the three resort hotels in Hong Kong. And I got to tell you, I think that's kind of the best part of the stay in some ways. Are these, resort hotels um which is um the hong kong disneyland hotel and uh, a uh, hollywood um themed hotel and then an adventure hotel uh
1: as well um tell me tell me your thoughts on all this david so i've never had the the opportunity to stay at the hong kong disneyland hotel i've gone to eat there Uh, But I've never stayed, but I have stayed um, in both uh, the Hollywood Hotel and uh, in uh, the Explorer's Lodge. I love the Explorer's Lodge. So for those of you that have never been, the best way to describe the Explorer's Lodge is to kind of imagine a mashup between Disney's Wilderness Lodge uh, in Orlando combined with Animal Kingdom Lodge in Orlando um, a little bit of the Grand Californian, uh, and then maybe if you've had the opportunity to go to Alani, uh, I think you can Alani, see some yeah. similarities there as well. It's just a really nice, spacious resort. Uh, the The interesting thing is is that there's not, um, it doesn't ever seem to be full. And I know Hong Kong Disneyland has really struggled with attendance over the you know past decade or so, uh, but it doesn't seem like you ever have problems getting a room unless there's a festival or something large going on. Uh, And the cool thing is, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this a bit later, but uh, Hong Kong Disneyland is not open for an extremely long period of time during the day like you would experience at the U.S. parks. It typically opens between 10 and 10.30 in the morning and then is closed by 8 o'clock. And so you can easily get up in the morning go downstairs and have breakfast and then explore your hotel a little bit or you can get in on an early morning flight and a lot of times flights from the states might get in at four or five in the morning and then you can drop your stuff off and still hit the park that day or if you're going to orlando saying you're going to land at you know six or seven o'clock in the morning florida time and then get to the hotel and then go to the park the park's already going to be open um, so that's a, a real nice. But well, we love the Explorers Lodge. I've stayed there on my last two trips. It is that's beautiful. where we'll go next time. Yeah, it is beautiful. And and
0: frankly, um, the the uh, Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel is beautiful too. It is kind of a smaller version of the Grand Floridian. Very Victorian. Has all of the that kind of thematic detail. Um, I'm humored by the restaurant um, at the Hong Kong Disneyland Hotel because it, uh, it is so reminiscent of what you're going to experience at, um, at the, uh, um, on the Disney cruise line, it's called the Enchanted Garden restaurant. <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of reminiscent of the, of the, of the restaurant you kind of get at, um, the Enchanted Garden on the dream and the, uh, the fantasy. Yeah, um,
1: see, that's actually not my favorite restaurant at that hotel. My favorite no, it's restaurant not my favorite either.
0: But it been... is, but it is interesting that it kind of has that that look yes. and feel.
1: Um, yep. tell me, tell me about your favorite restaurant. Angelica. So we really like the Crystal Lotus. Yeah. Uh, so the Crystal Lotus is the place where if you just go on uh, right now onto Google and Google um, Hong Kong Disneyland Dim Sum. Uh, you will see the little so um, you know cute. dough buns a dim sum but they are specially made in the shapes of Disney characters so you can get um, Duffy bear and Shelly may which are really big over in the Asian parks you can get ones that look like the green aliens my my favorite one is uh, the three little piggies mm-hmm. uh, dim sum which is very <laughs> ironic because the filling on the three little piggies is barbecued pork Uh, Which is uh, very morbid, but it's just fun. So the the trick here is you have to order that in advance, like a couple of days in advance. You have to make a reservation and then you have to, they send you a menu and then you make your order ahead of time because they don't just have those because it takes so long to make them. That they say there's no guarantee that there will be the items you want um, unless you order ahead of time. And so that's always a really cool meal. We actually like to do it the day before we go to the parks if we're getting in um in the in the morning and we're not going to go to a park that day. It's kind of a neat lunch to have to go over there, and then maybe go to the, you know, um, go explore the resorts at night as we're getting used to the time change. It's cool. I mean, it's not going to be the greatest food you're ever going to taste, but it's one of those neat photo opportunities to say this is the only place you can do that um, is at that restaurant in Hong Kong Disneyland. I'm actually surprised that that has not come over to World Showcase and Epcot um, anywhere yet, uh, because obviously that'd be a. uh, I mean, I think people would eat eat that up. No pun intended uh none none
0: taken but you're absolutely right it is it is a very strange thing that that hasn't been quite captured um i love yeah that is very cute we'll include a picture of it in the show notes page um i have stayed at the hollywood hotel and i think like all the other hotels i just um the so you have to understand that hong kong sits um in a very hot and humid environment and my trips have always been incredibly um it's just very very hot um when i've been there and and difficult to but and by the way you can walk there are pedestrian paths that will walk you and take you to the front of the park but i would not recommend that i would recommend you take the shuttle which happens very consistently and and uh you know just get there a few minutes early you should be fine um i really highly recommend the shuttles that take you yeah. to and from and i highly recommend even though david has talked about the fact that the hours are shorter uh, it would be better to spend two days in the park and take a big break in the middle of the day yeah than to try to do it all in one day i'm not saying that Hong Kong couldn't be done, Hong Kong Disneyland couldn't be done in a day. Oh, it could be. Uh, That's the downside of Hong Kong Disneyland. But do you want to do that? Right. For me, I think a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the evening, you've had your limit on what you can take in that heat and humidity. It is, you think Walt Disney World, which is where I live, you think the humidity is terrible in Orlando. It is seemingly twice that in yeah. Hong Kong. It is really overwhelming. And so I recommend why I love these Disney resort hotels is because each of them got a pool. You got a place to just go and chill and relax. If nothing else, just go take a nap in the afternoon or get a yeah. shower or yeah. something. You're going to want a shower. You're going to want to just because or you will been a sweat. It's see, by the way, it's it, th- this is one of those parks where I often will take an umbrella with me not for rain I will take it for shade yeah if it's sunny although it it tends to be smoggier in Hong Kong compared to Shanghai I do that more in Shanghai and then I also tend to take a washcloth or something just to continually wipe myself down because I am in one long sweat I sounds terrible um and you're and at this point you're probably thinking why would I even bother going all the way to the other end of the world to do this but it really is stunningly beautiful
1: yeah no it absolutely is that's correct and if i were going
0: to take a walk where i would take the walk is if you're staying at one of the hotels and you're interested in going doing the dim sum or going over to the chef mickey's at hollywood or wherever you want to go try another hotel and take a walk along the waterfront which Mm. is just beautiful along there there's a path along there and um and you get to see you get to see, um, stop between the resorts in that way. I think yeah. you can also take a shuttle um, uh, between the two, but um, but that's how I might enjoy that. Anything else about the resorts that we haven't covered? Each no, beautifully I think, themed. They're great hotels to stay in.
1: Yeah, I think and, that's a good tip. Um, I mean, you also get, you know, a couple of perks. You do get a couple of extra fast passes staying in the resort. No, I don't know that that In Hong Kong Disneyland, honestly, I probably have stacks of them sitting in my souvenir boxes because I don't know that I've ever used those paper fast passes. Um, But it's a neat perk, especially if you're going at busy time. And I just like being so close uh, and just taking their transportation in because really it's not an easy place to get to. I I think what you said is dead on. We we made the same mistake one year where we said, oh, we're going to go to the Crystal Lotus for lunch and take a break from the park that day. And it said there was a walking path, and we went, ah, instead of walking out to the bus stop, let's just go here. And oh my word, I was regretting it about halfway in, and there's no way (laughs) to turn back at that point. And it was just, I mean, you were just disgusting by the time you got in there. And then you had to sit on those vinyl seats, and you're like, I really don't feel like eating anything. But you had already ordered it, because you have to pre-order the Disney dim sum and so, yeah, absolutely. Take those shuttles whenever you can. You are very rarely going to wait a long time. And the cool thing is, is in Hong Kong, um, in the lines for the buses, for their shuttles, they have those, um, they have the seats that fold down. So if you're waiting, they're basically drop-down seats, almost like stadium seats, uh, you know, that you would sit in in a, in a baseball stadium. And if mm-hmm. you're waiting, you can pull that down and you can sit instead of having to stand like you sometimes do at some of the... I remember standing in Animal Kingdom for what seemed like 17 hours waiting on a bus, and it was just awful. Uh, And so in Hong Kong, at least you have those seats, so it's better than having to stand. So, yeah, and let
0: me also say one more thing about the hotels, and then we'll move on. Uh, David kind of alluded to it. Price-wise, they are probably some of the best values Mm -hmm. in a hotel, unless there's a concert going on, which was the case when I was there last. There was a big concert going on. That they were doing out in the parking lot but unless that happens you can stay at the Disneyland Hotel uh, in Hong Kong for nearly half of what you would be paying probably uh, to stay at Walt Disney World at the Grand Floridian and and you get a very lovely experience so I I definitely recommend that now let's move to you come to this promenade um, with a big fountain of Mickey and uh, of surfing on top of a whale spout and then we step into um, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland the train station is right there it looks just like it does at Disneyland in California it is the same train station it looks identical you have the floral Mickey there's just one big difference there's a mountain range behind it yeah And it's, it's so jarringly different. And, um, and yet it's also very familiar. And, um, and then we step into main street and we look down the street and we see sleeping beauty castle, which is being remodeled. We'll talk about that in a second, but behind it is this mountain. (laughs) And you're going, this looks familiar, but it looks completely different. The mountain is gr- is green and lush and beautiful and it actually provides a great backdrop to yeah. this park which just underscores the fact that because it's so hot and humid there the greenery the the shrubbery the flowers everything that is horticulturally done is magnificent it they this park is more beautiful horticulturally than i think any other park um so that's one of the very cool things but main street usa uh impressions thoughts is there something you love to do when you're on main street usa
1: well my two sons love to go in and meet duffy and i have no earthly idea why um But they, I, I think it's because it's just unique. Here's what I love about Main Street, and this is going to sound, I don't know, I, I guess I don't know how it's going to sound. You can tell me. I love that it's never really disgustingly crowded. Uh, and I think if you go on Main Street in Orlando or in California, they're almost always going to be busy. And so it feels a lot like I've got it to myself. Um, and I don't, obviously. There are people there. But it's not as, it, I don't ever feel like it's as congested as uh, the ones in the States. But it, like you said, it feels familiar. Uh, and so it, it's just, uh, I just love to stroll down it. But again, it feels so familiar, but I'm typically not on Main Street for very long. Because uh, I'm going to jump off and, and go to one of the lands and do a ride or a show or something like that. Uh, But um, what about you? Is there something that you would say I only have 30 minutes on Main Street in in Hong Kong Disneyland what you would do? So there is no there are horse
0: there are vehicles on Main Street, but there's no horse-drawn streetcar So there's no tracks in the middle. They've done pavers on the whole street. It's kind of interesting that way It kind of looks a little different than Disneyland has in the past Um, I usually will get a snack um, over at main street market, which is on the right. Um, and there, they have some really great little pastry goods and bakery goods and things of that nature that I really enjoy. Um, but I think the great attraction on main street is, uh, the railroad. They have a terrific railroad. It's not always running because they've been having to do a lot of construction over the last several years. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure with all the times you've gone, David, you've had a chance to write it.
1: I have. uh, No. Yes, I did. The very first time I was there, it was open, but it has not been since.
0: Yeah. It's been closed a lot because of construction uh, more recently in Tomorrowland. Um, But now in Fantasyland, it's closed um, because of construction going on in the new frozen area. Um so but it's it's really wonderful and what they decided to do was when they built the park they were intentional about making it small and intimate but they realized they would want to add on usually you build the t- the way Walt Disney World built it is they built the train tracks so far out to create this huge circumference that they still had lots of space to add things like Big Thunder Mountain and 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 other attractions inside of it here at Hong Kong, they just said, you know what? We're going to put um, tunnels under the tracks or, you know, crossover points. And and we're building out above or outside the berm of the train tracks. But um, when you're on the train, I love how it goes through Adventureland. Because it really kind of cuts through the jungle. You're in the middle of it. You see the animals of the jungle cruise, things of that nature. It's just kind of, it's like it's in the middle of the park, cutting through it it cuts through small world small worlds outside the berm there it just kind of comes through all of it so if you can i love the walt disney world railroad for that have you tried the plaza uh in restaurant
1: yes um i ate there although the day that i ate there it was it might have been the first day that i was there one year and it was really my since that's typically where we start this is going to sound odd and this is going to sound I don't know, um, like I'm a little bit of a baby, but it takes me a while for my stomach to kind of get used to a different meal schedule and yeah. you know, on a, if you've never taken a long haul flight that's 13 hours or so and we always typically have to connect in, in Japan um, that they feed you all the time on those flights and so I'm never hungry when I first get down and so I, the time I went it was just at a time where typically would have been overnight for me, right? Because if it's five if it's five or six p.m. there, it would have just it would have been pretty much super early in the morning in the states, and so my stomach just wasn't ready, so I didn't eat a lot. So unfortunately, I can't talk about the food. So um,
0: uh, it is Asian cuisine, it, but it has this Victorian exterior. It is probably the closest thing you're going to get to more of an authentic uh, Chinese dining experience. Uh, as a whole. So if you are looking for that while you're at the park that's the place to go. Um, I want to move right if we can. I'd like to go counterclockwise and start in Tomorrowland. Okay. Um, And uh, tell us David um, when you're in Tomorrowland what is it that you love most?
1: Well what I love most because I'm actually there more than I am in Disneyland uh, now actually, Disneyland is removing theirs, but uh, my family loves the Star Wars layover of Space Mountain, uh, and mm. so Hyper um, Space Mountain. Yeah, they they you know they have the there's a big Millennium Falcon like sculpture kind of walking in, uh, walking into Tomorrowland. Um, I I do not actually mind. Uh, there's a quick service location there. Um, it's it's their Cosmic Rays, uh, and it's actually not bad. Um, there's actually two of them. There's Star the Starlight. Lightning. Yeah, yeah, Starliner Diner and then the Comet Cafe. Yep. Um, but it's kind of a nice, because we typically go clockwise. So we'll start on the left side of the park. So we will often end up in Tomorrowland around mealtime. Um, And I don't mind it at all. I mean, again, it's not very busy. There's really not a lot attraction-wise to do. Um, And so it's nice to be able to just go and sit and kind of hang out and take a break uh, there during the middle of the day. And there was my last trip, my middle son went with me, and he's a huge Star Wars junkie. So I think that I sat and just was cool and was answering emails on my phone in the shade, and he probably rode Space Mountain ten times on his own. Um, because again lines are not really something you have to deal with especially later in the day in Hong Kong Disneyland and so he was in heaven
0: I um I love I I, I have a preference towards Space Mountain at Disneyland to compared to the one at Walt Disney World and this Space Mountain is the same layout track wise the interior of the boarding area is so strange to me but does the interior remind you of something? Maybe you haven't, you don't remember what the interior looks like, but the interior reminds me of the center of the atrium at Disney quest. It has these, Oh, I guess I never thought about that. Look and feel. And so when I step in it, I think, Oh, this feels like Disney quest. It doesn't feel like space mountain. It feels like Disney quest to me. And so it's a very bizarre feeling. Every time I go there, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't enjoy it as much as Disneyland's. Conversely, one of the things that they have really focused on in this Tomorrowland is a big Marvel overlay. And if you love Marvel, you are going to love Hong Kong Disneyland because their two signature attractions there, Ant-Man and the Wasp Nano Battle, um, as well as Iron Man Experience, are currently two attractions you can't get anywhere else in the right. universe. And I think they're both great attractions. Um, tell us, tell me, tell me, uh, describe both if you want and tell me what your preference is.
1: Well, so the interesting thing to help you know, make, utilize common experiences to help people that have never been understand is they're both... Redesigned rides of on the shelves of former attractions, right? So uh, the Iron Man experience used to be Star Tours. No, actually, no, that's not it true. It wasn't. No, it
0: it was built out of it was built from the ground up for Iron Man. There was no Star Star Tours. Same.
1: I, I'm sorry, but same, it but same is same the ride, same, ride same ride system. Vehicles. You are right. Okay. It's okay. the same okay. ride
0: system as that and Body Wars. Okay, so um,
1: same ride system, and then uh, Ant Man is basically a souped-up version of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, in um, fact,
0: it was former Buzz Lightyear. Okay. So, okay. so when I, so when I saw that happen, because I was there when it was under construction, and then it, here was Buzz Lightyear, and it was just like the Buzz Lightyear at Disneyland. There was just nothing too really interesting about it. Um, so when they said they were moving it to Ant Man, I thought, well, really, are you making it any better? But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a lot better. <laughs>
1: don't you? Oh, yeah. It's an absolute. I mean, we did it now. So here's the one thing is I will actually say I've said up to this point that you really don't have to deal with lines in Hong Kong Disneyland. I think that's the exception. Um, I It was it seemed to be now we were there. The last time I was there was May, late May of 2019. And I think it had just opened in maybe March or April, and so it it was fairly busy. Uh, I don't know if it's still it. Oh, well, I mean now they're closed, but I mean I I don't know that in the future it will continue to be that busy. But that is a that is a fun ride, and they have the original cast in that ride as well. So Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly um, are in that as well, they do uh, you know, making making video appearances, and it's just it's really fun, and it's one of those that spoils you because then you get to Orlando. And you go on the Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin in Tomorrowland and you say, oh, Uh. they could do so much more with this if they just spent, Uh. you know, a little, a little of money. And again, I know that's, that's a, that's a spoiled view, but it's one of those rides kind of like, kind of like Pirates, although I still love the original Pirates as well. But you go on something like that and say, oh, they could do so much more. Why don't they? Uh, so it's a, it's an absolute blast. Um,
0: yeah, no, it, same thing happened to me when I was there last year. It was busy, busy. And, and that that ride does accommodate a lot of people at any yeah. given moment. Um, it swallows up a lot of people. Less busy was the Iron Man experience, but um, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved how the entrance areas, had, had they had ranged. Um, the, I loved the queue. I loved how it opened up into the bay where you entered each of the uh, vehicles. I love the ride itself. There is a special guest we will not share on this podcast, but a special guest that shows up in the pre-show. So go to our, vi- go to our notes page and we'll show you that pre-show video and you'll see who the special guest is. I loved this uh attraction i thought and and by the way if you don't have time to make it to hong kong guess what you get to see it in the movie (laughs) so (laughs) because you actually go out into hong kong bay and and into the middle of the city and uh it's just i and it's got a great sense of humor to it i love it all i think it's a great attraction and a great addition they also had an Autopia, which I believe that this attraction is going away, well, no, this attraction has gone away. When I said that, that, that Hong Kong is one of the most beautiful horticulturally designed parks, the whole grounds around the Autopia there, which I had ridden before it was taken away, was just so beautiful. That's a new attraction, and I think it's the same, if I'm correct, David, I think that's the same attraction and we'll clarify that in the show notes but i think that's the same attraction that is the major attraction going to disney california adventure not Hmm. the spider-man but the eventual one where you have all the marvel heroes together oh okay Um, i think that's the third major uh attraction that's going into this this whole area all right on to fantasyland fantasyland is so sleeping beauty castle um, when guests go from Walt Disney World to, to Disneyland's he's Sleeping Beauty Castle for the first time, they thought is, gee, this castle is so small. Um, if a castle could look smaller, it's done so by putting it up against this jungle mountain in the background because it just looks so diminutive on this particular street in the context of this mountain range in back of it. Um, Disney has addressed that problem by transforming it into a much bigger castle and that uh i think it was under construction last year when you were there it was under construction when i was there um i think by the time i think if the park had not closed i don't know what's happening construction wise there right now i think if the park had not closed it would have been close to being finished by now um with park closures uh, internationally I don't know the timing on that. But know that there's a big, beautiful castle that's unique to Hong Kong Disneyland that will open. It kind of builds off the old one, so you kind of see the old one. I I don't know how this is going to turn out. Have you seen the construction photos? What do you think so far, David?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting because concept art is going to look a lot different than in person. I mean, it will definitely be nice to have a unique castle, uh, one that you don't have in other spots. But I don't know because I haven't seen a lot of pictures, because a lot of the things they were doing, starting from the base up, you know, would be covered by construction walls, Uh, so I'm excited to see what it looks like once it's done, but I'm kind of withholding judgment until we actually see it, because I think a lot of times we freak out, uh, not not we as in you and I, but I think just in general, Disney fans, when we see concept art for something, and that's concept art, right, a lot of changes and a lot of things can happen in the meantime that can make it look different, and once you get used to it, I mean, I remember even being a Disney parks fan back when they were announcing the original fast pass right in the Stateside parks. Oh, this is going to ruin the park going experience. And then everybody got used to it. And then it was, now we're going digital. Oh, this is horrible. We want the old paper fast pass. And so I just, I tend to, I mean, I have an opinion on it. I hope it's good. I like the look of a new castle because then it's a neat curio cabinet to fill that you stood in front of all the different castles. Uh, But other than that, I just want to wait to see what it looks like.
0: Fantasyland for me having grown up especially with Disneyland is synonymous with dark rides because there's so many of them at Disneyland not as many at Walt Disney World only one at Hong Kong Disneyland which makes this Fantasyland the most unimpressive to me compared to all the others Um, they have a many adventures of Winnie Pooh which is just a knockoff of the Magic Kingdom one. Um, and on the other side, they have Mickey's Filler Magic. Well, you know, with those two things being identical, I might as well just stay in Florida. Yeah. It's hard to get, it's hard to find incentive to come to Hong Kong uh, because you want to see Fantasyland. Still, there are a couple of things you definitely want to check out while you're there. What what stands out for you when you go, where are you going to go when you go to Hong Kong? Disney? So for
1: for me, if I'm going into Fantasyland, now it has not been open the last two times, and that really makes me sad. um, But is Mickey and the Wondrous Book uh, is their show inside of the theater back there? The performer, I like. Great show. A a lot of times, Disney performances sometimes get slammed for being super cheesy, and uh, this is not at all and actually interesting fact that i think i've shared when we talked about this park in the past is that is where the song happily ever after that is now in the fireworks show in the magic kingdom in orlando that song was there in hong kong disneyland first because um, i remember when i first heard the song with jordan fisher and whoever sings it alongside of him in the fireworks in orlando i went wait i've heard this before and i did some quick googling and sure enough that's that's where it first um first happened so Just a really fun show. The cool thing about it uh, is they have a screen on both sides. One is translating what the characters are saying um, into Cantonese, uh, and one is translating it into English. So whichever screen you look at, you can kind of tell what is, at least that's how it was working when I was there. Uh, So that's that's one, one cool thing that you don't often see. It the show
0: is comparable to um, Mickey and the Magical Map at Disneyland in their Correct. Fantasyland Forest. Very, theater.
1: very similar. Yeah.
0: The one thing that is very different is that it's entirely indoors. And let me tell you, you appreciate that in Hong Kong. Yes, you do. Yes. In fact, you can almost appreciate Mickey's Filler Magic in Hong Kong because
1: it's <laughs> Okay. Indoors. Okay. Let's not get crazy. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 slow down. I mean, I guess just for the purpose of a nap, I you know. I suppose. Yes. Yes, if you can't make
0: it back to your hotel room, there's always Mickey's Fuller Magic. I also will say um, two other things that I think are standouts. One is um, that there is this unique little
1: place called Fairy Tale Forest. Yep, that would have been the next on my list. <laughs> um, yeah, tell us about that. So it's got these, I mean, they're basically like dioramas. I mean, miniature versions of a bunch of the Disney stories, kind of like a walk through garden, but garden then as maze you go up...
0: almost it's a, it is a path. It's not a maze, but it's almost like you are in a, in a in a sort of maze,
1: right? And so then you see all of these, and you can actually animate them by like cranking a wheel, and something will happen. Uh, but the cool thing is, is and they also have this this picture frame, like this empty picture frame on a pedestal and so you can look through and like take a picture of the scene that looks like through an old time picture frame or you can stand behind the frame with you and it's just a real it didn't take very long I mean you might be in there 15 minutes uh, but it's something again I love the unique sides because you you had mentioned that a lot of the stuff feels very similar to the parks that we'd be familiar with and this is one of those standouts that you aren't going to get this anywhere else at least not right now
0: yeah, this is the one thing in Fantasyland that is totally different than anything else, and that is this this little walkthrough area. It's very picturesque. It is the most Instagrammable experience you can imagine that has ever been designed for a Disney park. It's just got so many places to take photos. We'll include photos in our um, notes page. Um, also, I will include a link Um, on our notes page to the other attraction I was going to mention, which is It's a Small World. Um, That attraction is beautifully done. It is, actually, I will say it's exquisitely done. It is comparable to the Disneyland version, but uh, it has been really, the colors in it, the lighting in it's just all beautiful. Uh, There is an elongated Asian section, which also highlights Hong Kong, in the attraction, and I strongly recommend. Plus the fact that it's air conditioned even in the queue. Um, this is this is a definite go go to place, and probably my favorite snack place is the ice cream <laughs> bar, <laughs> Small World Ice Cream, <laughs> right outside as you leave. I've I'm usually like okay, I'm ready to embrace the world as long as I have uh, some ice cream with me. Uh, all right, let's head to uh, Adventureland. Um, wow, uh, because I've mentioned the nature of where um, Hong Kong sits geographically in the world, nobody does a jungle like <laughs> like yeah. Hong Kong Disneyland. They they got their jungle down, <laughs> yeah. so and and the jungle cruise is just totally different uh mm-hmm. what stands out about that attraction for you
1: well the coolest thing there is that you actually get to pick the language that you want the skipper to narrate in so the, there's signs up and it's uh what is it M- cantonese mandarin, mandarin and you and cantonese english. mandarin and and u.s english and so you get to go through and hear uh it's probably not as joke heavy uh, at least not in the english translation that i could comprehend As the ones here and it's a lot more adventure-like I think there are more adventurous themes there where a lot of the stuff in the in the stateside parks intentionally are very cheesy Uh, but just uh, that's Jungle Cruise was one of my favorite rides and it's neat to have it in a different play in a in a different place in a different way and I'm one of these idiots that'll go and actually ride it a couple times in each of the different languages just to kind of experience that and just to say that I did That's absolutely
0: worth it. And if you can try an evening as well as a daytime, that's also a great contrast to it. Mm -hmm. Um, What is weird about the Jungle Cruise is it begins like the boat is sitting on the rivers of America. It's on this big wide river. And you're thinking, this this is out of place. You're expecting Mm. a steamboat here, not a Jungle Cruise boat. But as it turns the corner... Um, it then goes into a much more jungle space uh, dedicated space Uh, it's a much more narrowed river that turns around bends and and you see many of the familiar sights you see in the jungle cruise and then it comes to an ending that it's pretty hard to describe but it's water meets fire and the gods of water and fire come together and they're all aiming at your boat and you're in the crosshairs and uh, it's so great. On our website, we have a complete video of it. And we also have a link to an article, a post, a podcast that I did called The Hardest Working Cast Member, which talks about queuing guests at the Jungle Cruise with these three different queues. So if you mm-hmm. get a chance, definitely take it in. Um, I should mention before we move on from there that one of the things that makes you makes it reminiscent of the rivers of America is that there are rafts that are going across the river, yeah. only they ain't heading to Tom Sawyer Island they're heading to Tarzan's treehouse, and that too is kind of like, uh you know but, um, and I, my only regret about this land is I wish they had done more with that space than the treehouse. Treehouse is great I just wish it had some caves you could explore, or bridges you could have crossed, or things yeah. to have done similar to Tom Sawyer's Island but like Adventures Isle at um, Disneyland Paris, but but um, but it's a fun fun little place. to Take a break. Adventureland is known for two shows. One is a Festival of the Lion King, which sounds very familiar, and the other is a Moana: A Homecoming Celebration. Which one do you prefer?
1: Well, yeah, the Lion King actually sounds familiar, but it's drastically different. Yes. Than the one in Orlando. I mean, they they also take some liberties with things that happen um, in the. I mean, Simba basically starts to do karate, I believe, at one point with with some of the characters and Martial fights arts. them. And yeah. It's uh, it's it's again inside, <laughs> in the shade. Oh yeah. Um, and so uh, it's and I I love all things Lion King, so it's it's totally good uh, for me. But that is a, that's a land that you don't want to walk through in the heat of the day without making sure that you're hydrated, because it will knock you silly. Uh, and so that's a place where, oh, good, let's go catch a show. And actually, if you stay at a Disney a Hong Kong Disneyland official resort, they will give you an, a guaranteed show time to be able to see uh, the festival, of The Lion King. So that's nice that you don't have to worry about waits. And you just basically tell them what time you want to see it. And if you miss that show, go up to the front desk that night and they'll help you schedule it for the next day. It's, it's not a problem at all.
0: Moana, I thought was a cute show. Yeah, um, but the show sits outside and your tolerance level of just sitting there watching a show outside is limited in the heat of the day. Um, but I love Moana the movie. And so if I can catch a little snippet here and there kind of going past, I'm good with it. But to but to dedicate time to go getting a seat, you know, lining up, getting a seat, waiting, then watching the show. That could be mm-hmm. forty-five to fifty minutes of total time, even though the show's only twenty minutes, maybe. Yeah. And and I'm like, I'm not sure I can commit that in the heat. Um, but I g- agree with you on Festival of the Lion King. There is a circular platform in the middle that actually rotates the stage. It's it's uh, it's a fairly uh, ra- it's a very solid production. It tells yeah. the story. It's it is not the same. They didn't just plug the music into this, into a different theater. They, it is a telling of the story, which I care less for. I like the, just let's celebrate with the music and the different dance acts. Yeah. But we cannot emphasize the importance of air conditioning in Hong Kong. So, so definitely check that show out. We're gonna go through what is called, what is disappointing about Hong Kong Disneyland? is that there's no frontier land unlike other parks um but there is this thing called the outer rim and i want to start if i can i i want to start with toy story land it's connected to fantasyland um and you know we didn't do a really good job plugging toy story land (laughs) last week for shanghai disneyland don't expect us to do a whole lot more. <laughs> we no. have a better Toy Story Land, to be honest. Oh yeah. At, it, it, if, and theirs would be dramatically improved if they had, if they would just attach a Midway Mania, which right. would allow people to go inside, if nothing else. Right. right. The one redeeming quality about to- about that Toy Story Land is that they have. Um, an attraction called toy soldier parachute drop which is this kind of up and down kind of ride kind of like tower terror but it's all exterior and why i love that ride first of all i'm surprised they put in anything dealing with soldiers given hong kong's military problems right now but <laughs> but notwithstanding the one reason i mentioned my love of this ride is because if you go on it at night you can actually cap you can actually see the lights of Hong Kong from the top of this attraction. Yes, and that's really, really cool. So hey, uh, I have to give that plug. On the other side of this, again, outside berm, is this new frontier land kind of <laughs> that they've added. So they didn't put a frontier land off the hub, but they built a frontier land. That's kind of a, it's a one ride town is is the better lack of description. It could use so much more. Yeah. And yet, what a great ride. Uh, oh, it's a blast. So tell us, yeah, tell us uh, your feelings toward Big Grizzly Mountain Runaway Mine Cars.
1: So it's kind of a, kind of a mix between rock and roller coaster Expedition Everest and Big Thunder Mountain, right? Uh, I mean, was that maybe a good way? Yeah, a good way to describe well, it. Well, I is... would.
0: I, you said Rocky Roller Coaster. I would say Expedition Everest and Big Thunder well, Mountain. Well, yes, because it goes back and. Certain... Well, it, because well, but you, you're right. There's a catapult aspect right. to this, right? Right. So it's probably yeah, all right. three. It's probably all three attractions because you also have this going backwards uh-huh. experience uh-huh. on the attraction. It does it all. That,
1: that, that they do a really good job I think they do a lot better job of hiding that and not not uh, not just completely broadcasting that backwards area much better than I think in Everest now again I've been on Everest 30 40 times so maybe it's maybe that's not fair but I don't I still, as many times as I've been on this one in Hong Kong, I, I still don't know that I'm completely ready for where it is. And it's so smooth. I, it's kind of like Everest. I mean, Everest is the smoothest coaster. Uh, and I absolutely, I mean, this is another one where I will go on a couple times. But after a while, I'm like, all right. And my, my son will just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and so just a really, just a really well done ride. I mean, easily. This land and the next, the last land we'll talk about, I think, are the places where I would, if I only got a couple of lands to choose from, that's where I'd spend my time, and that's where I do often spend my time is in in the next land we'll talk about.
0: Well, and the, but let me also ask you, can you? I don't think they do a fast pass on this attraction. Yeah, they, they do. Uh huh. I can't remember. I can't remember there being one, but um, but you you definitely want to do a fast pass on this attraction. Cause the, the, yeah. I've found that this is probably the, pl- one of the places where you get a lot of people lined up um, to go on it. Um, uh, so um, I, yeah, I love this ride. It's a great ride. There's a great little fish and chips uh, restaurant nearby and some kind of fun entertainment um usually that's out on the street um, i
1: guess what i'll say you know now that you say that what i think about the fast pass and I, I i could be totally wrong i don't know that you can actually get a printed fast pass but if you're a park guest i you get a couple it. of those you you are um, a resort guest you get a couple of those those paper ones to use on whatever attractions you want and it is eligible on that because i remember my yeah. son my son basically just stocked those up because they give you some for every day and on our last trip, I think we were there for four nights, and so he just had a wad of them, um, and so that that may have been where he used that.
0: And I think that is why the um, the the line the standby queue is so long, is because because there is that fast pass element going on. Um, yeah. So, boy, that's a that's a really good reason right then and there to to take advantage of staying at the the Disney resorts there. And I don't, you know, when I'm at Tokyo. I don't stay at the Disney resorts there. Uh, we'll talk about Tokyo next week, but they're very expensive. I stay on um, some resorts that are right there on property, the Sheraton or the Hilton, but mm-hmm. I don't stay at the Disney themed resorts usually because they're pretty expensive resorts. Yeah, there are more options coming, but but I do I do think that uh, uh, this one is this resort is really and there just aren't a lot of other options outside of hong kong disneyland right um so that that are really close again if you're wanting to take a break i mentioned staying at the marriott but the problem is is again do you want to stop in the middle of the day take a taxi all the way back out to the airport and come back right you kind of so that's the problem with that now okay we have saved the best for last i'm i'll just admit it we both love mystic manor oh man and we have a video um, of that on our show notes page. You, yeah, definitely check it out. It is, um, it is a wonderful ride system comparable to the one that's being used now for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and for Rise of the Resistance. Um, but the whole theming is where where it's at, don't you think, David? I mean, I just love this Victorian. It, it 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 colonial look.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, a it's a blast. I mean, it's well, and it's got a bunch of the tie-ins of the the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Yes, there, so you can see. We'll talk about um, uh, Harrison Hightower, uh, who's the the character that the the Tower of Terror attraction in Tokyo Disney Sea revolves around. He's in there. Uh, it's just, and here's the one frustrating thing about that is I don't know that the local tourists in Hong Kong care enough about that stuff. And so I will always just have to let people go around me as I'm standing and looking at a bunch of those details. Cause they just go on, but it's never a long wait. I think the longest yeah. I've ever waited is 10 minutes. And I think that may have been cause there was either downtime or it was pouring rain. And so people were looking to get out. Cause that is one of the tricky things about this is this park is if it's raining, it drastically reduces your options in terms of attractions. Um, and so it was just pouring rain one day pretty much the entire day. And then the line was maybe 10- 15 minutes. but even so, um, it is just a, it's so a, 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 a fun ride. Uh, it's got music by Danny Elfman yeah. um, that you will be kind of like my favorite ride in Tokyo, um, uh, Sinbad. Uh, it's got a, it's got an earworm song that you'll probably be humming in your head for a little bit. and it's not anything, I mean technology wise. It's not it's not Pirates in Shanghai, it's not Rise of the Resistance, but it's it's a simple I mean it's basically their haunted mansion, right? But it's uh, their and haunted I would mansion say, with just some really cool details. And I would say that the Haunted in my view, if I had never
0: been on the Haunted Mansion and I went on both for the first time, I would put the Haunted Mansion above this. Because there is so much to the Haunted Mansion. Compared to what's at Mystic Manor, I don't know if you agree or disagree on this, David. But well, and, but um, but, yeah, but no, for I, those of us who have done the haunted mansion at least four or five hundred times,
1: Mystic yeah. Manor
0: is just so fresh and so unique yes. and so different. Yes,
1: I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if I was to go every year for the next 20 years, my mind would obviously potentially change. But since I've been on Haunted Mansion so much, I mean, on my last trip, I think one night, I went to an after-hours event, and I didn't feel like doing roller coasters, and so I'm the nerd who went on Haunted Mansion five times. Um, So it's one of my, my favorite classic attractions. But the cool thing about Mystic Manor, kind of like the new Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, is you get a slightly different experience depending on which of the four cars you get on. Uh, because you all you go through mostly the same area. There's one part where you split off, but you get to see different things up close, and you get different perspectives on things. And I love that because then it's a oh well we were in the last one. Can we have the front car? Can we have yeah. this car? And so even it's more so a,
0: than Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Oh, yes,
1: absolutely, even absolutely. more so. Absolutely,
0: you'll think, oh yeah. my gosh, I didn't see that in the last one because it right. does divide up in very different ways, um, and and both attractions have a storm scene but let me tell you nobody does nobody does a cyclone like mystic manor it's just very crazy how its ending comes and it's very cool and who would not want to ride an attraction a ride vehicle that's called mystic magneto electric carriage i mean that is just that just inspires the steampunk within me and i just want to i just want to just hug myself on that on that thing and the, and the music dust that comes through it and so forth. They have a little gift shop on the side and we have not mentioned our little friend, um, Albert, yeah. <laughs> this little monkey that you're going to want to buy a plush of by the time you're through everybody, you know, uh, we could have a long conversation between which is better Albert or, um, our tiger friend at, uh, at Sinbad's, uh, storybook uh, voyage um so maybe that'll be a conversation for next week anyway
1: Dem- so i actually think not i mean i love mystic manor it's in my top five theme park attractions because i like the i i think it's a new classic if that makes sense like it feels yes. very similar to some of the older ones but it feels fresh but i we love this is my place i will eat at the quick service restaurant um, in, in mystic point called the explorers club restaurant. I will eat in there multiple meals on a trip. If I can get in there three times, I will. So the neat thing is, is you can actually see a map. So Lord Henry, the, the whole story of this area is Lord Henry mystic is an explorer that would go and then collect all of these things from his journeys. And he, as you're walking in the line for mystic manor, you actually can see a map of where he's holding all of these different things and displaying them the ones that are not inside of the ride you're going to go on and you can actually see a bunch of those artifacts but there are different rooms in this building that are designed to basically um to to experience different areas around the world china india russia uh egypt and morocco i think is the fifth one and there's different cuisine then based on some of those different things so you can get southeast asian delights indian spice korean food um japanese flavors and it's just a really it's a place where you can go and get a whole bunch of different stuff if you're not an adventurous eater you can easily find some things to kind of make your own like there's korean deep fried chicken which is going to be very similar to an americanized chinese food but you can also get a baked octopus fritter if you so desire Um, and so plenty of different food options we absolutely love it there and since I spend a lot of my time in Mystic Point, it's great to be able to go in there. And again, I will eat there at least twice on a trip if I can figure it out. Well stated.
0: Well stated that it is definitely... You will go on that attraction and you will shake your head and go, why is this not at Walt Disney World? What is oh, man. what is going on? Because yeah. there is there is room in my world for a Haunted Mansion and a Mystic Manor in, in, on Walt Disney World property. I think yeah. you could... You could retheme it and still figure out a way. If you can get Pandora into Disney's Animal Kingdom, why the heck can't you get Mystic Manor? You know? Yeah. So that's my thinking. We return to Main Street because we have not mentioned uh, a couple of things. And that is, uh, um, there is an evening fireworks show, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is good. It's a really good show. Um uh, doesn't, it's not a standout, but it's a great fireworks show at the end of the day. Even better. Uh, I love, I really like the flights of fantasy parade. We'll put a, sh- um, we'll put that on our show notes page. And, uh, and the best one of all, in my view, even better than the fireworks. Maybe you disagree. Paint the night. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That parade when it's available in the evenings, again, it's a little funky because Hong Kong closes way too early, and maybe that's about the trains and the boats having to get back, uh, not just for gas but for cast members.
1: Well, that's actually just... the reason that uh, that's actually the reason, and we may need to do two podcasts about Tokyo. But that's actually one of the reasons that the Tokyo parks close are so firm on closing time. And at night, if you're because I'm one of these nerds that it, I, if if I'm going to a Disney theme park, especially overseas i will intentionally just try to linger as long as i can just to kind of let people clear out and take pictures and in and in tokyo they are they are on you tokyo well shanghai as well like you cannot just wander where in the american parks you could conceivably right if the world showcase closes at what if if illuminations are not illuminations anymore but if if the fireworks show in, in world showcase and epcot is at 9 30 and gets over at 9 50 you could conceivably still be in that park until 10.30, 10.45 in the back, just wandering around and walking around and enjoying things. That's not a possibility um, in, the, in the Asia parks. And I think a lot of that has to do with transportation availability for all their employees.
0: Yeah, well, you just heard it from David's lips. He's committed now to doing two podcasts on Tokyo Disney, so <laughs> I may take him up on that. Um, but... Uh, in truth, David, I think you and I would agree, and and you haven't had the benefit of doing Paris yet. Um, I got to get you out there shortly, but, um,
1: we'll probably have to wait a while. We'll have to
0: wait a little (laughs) longer than we'd hoped, but I'd have to say of all the six Disney resorts around the world, for me, having been to all of them multiple times, this is probably the last one I would visit. Yeah. Of all the resorts, it's only one park. There's only 3 hotels. Um and you and for those of us who live in North America, it's so far away. Yeah. Well, um, and, and Yeah. Go no, go ahead.
1: Well, and I think that it's a good and again, I I do this, we actually start my program. So the next program will be in June of of 2021 where I take a group out to visit um, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Tokyo. And you mentioned it last week. If anybody listening is interested and says, hey, I'd love to get in on that, you can just email me at david.a.zanola. my last name. Um, Jeff can put this on the, on the notes page, too, at gmail.com. But it's actually perfect. one reason that we start there, Jeff, is because I think Hong Kong is a perfect starter park for doing that trip because it does open early, or late and so if you're sleeping in you can but it closes early so if you say my body still isn't adjusted to the jet lag then you can be back in your room easily by eight fifteen at night get to sleep and then if you get up early in the morning so what it's not like you're missing and and so it's just a it's a nice place it doesn't feel i mean it's big but it's also, you can easily do it in a day. I prefer probably two days to spread it out. And as you mentioned, go back and take off your shoes and um, whether you're showering or not, just sit inside of the air conditioning to, to just relax. And so for that reason, I think it's a perfect park. It's not to be missed. I'm not at all saying skip it, but if, you're, if you can only do one of the three Asian locations, this would definitely be on the bottom of the list if you have to if you have to start picking and choosing
0: it, but i love what you said david because if you're gonna go if you're because on the other hand we're going to talk about tokyo and we'd say if there's only one resort you could do in the world we might just say Tokyo's the place you got to do
1: absolutely yeah
0: and so our point in this is if you're going to make that much of an effort to go all the way out to tokyo you might as well hang in there for another few hours and hit hong kong and shanghai and have the experience of a lifetime of doing all three Correct. and let me i and i appreciate the distance traveled. when i go out there i go out to singapore which is even further south and and usually tr- trace my my path back to to these places but i'm telling you it if you're only if if you're going to do one do them all and just make it a package deal and and i think that's uh, whether you do it by yourself or do it with david you just it's worth it's worth hitting your bucket list by hitting three buckets at the same time and uh and you'll you'll be glad you did plus hong kong is a bucket list in and of itself for anyone who would want to see the world you want to take that into so so um thank you david for uh joining me for this discussion you know we've gone over an hour on this and it was hong kong <laughs> so we got big problems with tokyo stay tuned folks we need this we need to think about wondrous places like this thank you it, again. Is,
1: it is cathartic
0: it is thanks so much appreciate it thanks hey thanks for joining us for this disney at work podcast if you're listening to us today You undoubtedly have a love of all things Disney. That's what we do at Disney at Play. We celebrate the fandom of Disney and what we enjoy at the parks and elsewhere. By the way, if you could bring that magic to your own place of business, what would that look like? Well, that's what we do at Disney at Work. Bring you best-in-business ideas from the happiest place on earth to you and your workplace. We bring those concepts to you via our posts, podcasts, videos, books, programs, and consulting. In fact, our last podcast was on the COVID-19 situation and leadership lessons from it, which have been really tough. Disney's had to deal with a lot of tough issues, but we did address some of those lessons from it and how you might apply it to your own life or to your own business organization. Hey, stay tuned as we have new events, books, and programming available to you. If you wanna know more about Disney at Play and Disney at Work offerings, would you do us a favor subscribe by signing up to receive our newsletters. When you do so, you'll receive access, free access to a complete guide to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which offers hundreds of unique photos, videos, interactive maps. You can sign up at disneyatplay.com or at at disneyatwork. Hey, thanks for joining us for this show. We appreciate you taking the time to listen and we really appreciate those who also will take a moment to just share this podcast with others uh, like it. Um, It's great when you can go over to iTunes and just give us a good rating or a nice little review. It helps us to get in front of more people and share the ideas and concepts and and, uh, fun that we have here at Disney at Play and Disney at Work. Finally, in the words of Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, that would be episode 37, check it out, be sure, to follow the compass of your heart. Hey, have a great day.